Thanks, Borgo. Playing Let Me Out by Electric Mary. And hello, and welcome to Third and Long, Australia's newest podcast series, providing you 360-degree access all areas to everything in the NFL with an Aussie twist. Third and Long is brought to you by Little Birdie TV and topsport.com.au. And a big welcome. Well, she is a San Francisco 49ers fan, but every now and again, she likes the Dallas Cowboys. Big welcome to Paige Cardona. Thank you very much, Corey. And uh, the 49ers didn't lose this week because we had the bye. So it was a good week. Yes, we do like that when we're our teams. We, for once in a week when, we're, when we struggle, we say, yes, we had the bye. So, and speaking of byes, hello, Mark. How are you going? Not too bad. Thanks, Corey. Um, yeah, my week was a bit interesting. I uh, uh, got a tough beat for the Patriots again, I guess. They uh, got yes, stunned by uh, Paige. Uh, she was on Dallas. She stopped them. She burnt them. She said never again, and then all of a sudden she was back on them again. Yeah, the life of a of a fickle Dallas Cowboys fan, huh? Yeah, it's a tough, <laughs> it's a tough, tough ride, wasn't it? Yeah. Wow, I'll tell you what, times uh, are tough. Yeah, so uh, yeah, a couple of tough beats, Corey. Listen, th- the, the the week didn't end well. Uh, sorry, didn't start well. Got a tough beat on yeah. uh, Tampa Bay. Philly got the late cover. And then uh, we were riding with um, the last game and we got beat with uh, the Bills. Oh, do you know who, who did get up, though? Who? Corey McKernan. The Colts. The Colts finally won a game. Oh, I know. And he was on them, they too. Did. They did. They did. And they did, and we'll get to that a little bit later, they did form the 6-0 and streak that I'm now on. But <laughs> before, we, before we get to that, uh, and later we'll be joined by Top Rope for all things betting and NFL in his segment, to the house, uh, but before we get to that page, it's been a huge week in football. What's doing the rounds after now? Unfortunately, sadly, it was week six and the season is flying. The season is well and truly flying, Corey. You're not wrong. But, uh, you know, we're heading now into week seven. We're getting serious now. We're into the second third of the season now, which is incredible considering how quickly it's all flown. But what I want to ask you boys this week Are we finally kind of giving Arizona now the credit that they deserve? The Cards, well, they're the only team that are undefeated in the league. They're 6-0, thoroughly impressive 37-14 thumping, and I mean thumping of the Browns in week six. Uh, The Cards are unbeaten. They've had four more touchdown passes for MVP favourite, I think it's fair to say, Kyla Murray, uh, to three different receivers. Five sacks by the defense, three turnovers by the Browns, none by the Cards, and uh, it wasn't just a victory. I thought for the for the Cardinals, I thought it was actually a, a really good quality win against quality opposition. And I know we challenged them last week and said, "Well, are we really sold on them yet? Have we seen them really, you know, against good opposition?" The Browns are a good side, um, and well. Now they've put themselves into potentially Super Bowl favoritism. They haven't won the Super Bowl since 1974. But, Mark, I'm going to start with you. Have we been sleeping on the Cardinals this season? I don't think we've been sleeping on them. I think they're built into the, the season. Obviously, they're undefeated. They've come in nicely now. Yeah, they're coming in nicely and they're firing. They've got the second best offense, third best defense. Uh, obviously, comes hand in hand a bit with being 6 and 0. Um, I just think. You know, they've got Houston this week, obviously very strong favourites at the minus 17 round line, so it's, it's one of the biggest lines we've got this week. But I just think after that, if you look at their draw, they've got uh, some tougher teams. So I just think uh, they're going well. You can't pot them. I just think moving forward, once we get past Houston this week, I think, you know, the next four or five weeks after that, they've got some some quality teams and I uh, just want to see the more longevity of it. But at the moment... Uh, you know, the, the offence is hard to stop and the defence is getting the job done as well. So no pot on them at all. Corey, speaking of the defence, uh, I thought they were really fantastic against Cleveland for me. And we know that the uh, the Cardinals have a fantastic array of, of weaponry at receiver and at running back as well. But tell me more about their defence. I don't think it's been spoken enough about this uh, this year so far. Yeah, well, I think in the offseason they did get uh, – and I know he's a – it was always a rival in our division that was uh, for the Houston Texans. And I speak of none other than JJ Watt, who is pro- 
was really my favourite player in the NFL and they picked him up in the offseason. Well, like you said, you know, I mean, when they can go on the road and only keep a team to 14 uh, points and and especially a team like the Browns, um, well, at the moment, they're just ticking the boxes. I don't think they've been such a sleeper, but for mine, even as Mark said, we I think we really understand where the teams are at once we get to, I think, December. December becomes that real big month where it's been a long season and we're really going to be able to see where teams are at. And, um, yeah, but at the moment, they're making every post a winner. You, you can't fault them at the moment. I love the work of Chandler Jones and Safety Buddha Baker. They've been fantastic. So many fourth, uh, fourth down stops have been a real highlight from that defensive unit so far. But... We're going to talk about my favourite, well, second favourite team, I should say. Uh, <laughs> I thought you'd appreciate that. Nice. Uh, the NFC East race, I'm calling it. I think it's over. I think it's well and truly over. The Cowboys, they didn't make it easy on themselves this week against your mob, Marco. Yes. And uh, 115 yards of penalties, mind you. Blown coverage and a long, late Mac Jones TD pass, which I'm sure you would have loved. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, Corey's mate, absolutely loves this guy. But they pulled off an overtime win in Foxborough, which is no mean feat against Bill Belichick's side. Dak's been impressive. Another breathtaking performance by second-year wideout C.D. Lamb. Everything's going well for this team. But, uh, Corey, I want to ask you, can the Cowboys clinch the division by Thanksgiving? That's late November for those playing at home. Well, in years gone by, we used to call this division NFC least because <laughs> it nearly seemed like all the teams were winning it with a, a 500 or 50% type record. But I don't know. I, it, it was sort of as we predicted the last week. It's it's always, regardless of having no Tom Brady in at New England, it's still a tough place to go and play football. And we did predict, we spoke about it last week. It, it, this was a game that it had all the makings of a Belichick and you know I mean, really picking the Cowboys apart. Look, and maybe in years where the Cowboys aren't going so good, uh, so good, and probably even the early part of last year, the Cowboys probably would have gone in there and lost this game. But what I like about the Cowboys, other than the defense, and we spoke about our ma- main man that's doing it all, is I-, I think when they're starting to find ways to win, this that was such a great win for the Cowboys. That, as I mentioned, I think it would have been games like this in years gone by they would have gone in there and dropped that. Marco. Can the Cowboys win the Super Bowl? Uh, One word answer. I'm going to say no. Okay, justify uh, yourself now. Well, I just think... Ooh, all the Cowboys <laughs> fans out there have shot down, Marco. No fun. Well, I'm, I'm happy with a few teams going above them at the moment. Yep. Um, again, like they're 5-1. and one. They're doing what they need to do. They've got balance both sides of the ball. Special teams are going well. They've obviously found a player in Diggs. We don't need to, you know, go over that kind of thing. Dak's up and about. They've now got a two-headed running back combination. It's just not Zeke anymore. Um, But, you know, I I think they're well found at the $13, like if you're betting the Super Bowl Mm. thing. I also think they're in the order. They're probably where they are. They're around that... Fifth, sixth, seventh. They seven. deserve to be where they, where they yeah, are. Yeah, I think they're well-founded. They're always going to be there. The Dallas Cowboys, America's favourite team, if you haven't got a team or as you like to call them, your second team. So, you know, I don't think you're going to get any favours back, backing the Cowboys ever. But at the moment, they're very good to watch. They're getting the job done. And also looking forward on, on Dallas, I think their draw is very good. They, they play it's a lot of, lot of ordinary teams going uh, forward. And I think... Uh, you know, just on rough calculations for me, I think 13-4 is probably about their record. So, you know, if you, if you put that in, they're going they're probably going to start strong in that area um, behind probably still two or three Green Bay and stuff like that. But um, no, no pot for me. But um, Super Bowls are different. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Well, they've got the Vikings, the Broncos, Falcons, Chiefs and Raiders. Uh, Those are the five games ahead of Thanksgiving. Uh, I think we're going to see the acid test against the Chiefs. I think that'll be a pretty good measuring stick to to see how far they can go. But one guy I really want to make a mention of this week, in in particular the entire team, Lamar Jackson. In my opinion, I think he's having a better season now than he did in his 2019 MVP year. Now, I don't know if that's an overreaction or an underreaction, but... My big confession is that I picked against the Ravens last week. I didn't think they were going to be able to trance the uh, the Bills. I, I just didn't think it, they had it in them. No, the Chargers. The Chargers, yes. sorry. Yes. I'm a believer now in this team. 
Right. I fully am with Top Rope. I know he loves the Ravens. Yes, He's all over the Ravens, Top yes, Rope. tipped him for the Super Bowl. So with all due res- respect to Kyle Murray, you know, your Dak Prescott's of the world, uh, Lamar Jackson has to well and truly be in calculations for the MVP, in my opinion. The Ravens played on a short week. Yes. They came off Monday Night Football. They've had two overtime winners this year already. They have... They've, they've held the pressure. They've not only met it, but they've exceeded it, in my opinion. They've made a mockery as the Chargers, as we just said. But, Marco, Lamar v. the Chargers. This was a game that we built up yes. massively during the week, didn't we? Yes. It was huge. And the Chargers, they didn't live up to the hype. No. They didn't get the acid test right. But Lamar Jackson, how impressive was he? Yeah, he was. Um, and I think most – well, not most because Baltimore did start favourite because they were at home. But, mm-hmm. you know, the feeling was the value in the in, in the in the betting, I think, was on the Chargers' side. Everyone was upbeat. Herbert, how the Chargers going, you know. I think a few, few more people jumped on the bandwagon for sure. Um, for them, it was their acid test going into Baltimore is never an easy thing to do. No. And they did get shown up. And they played poorly. And, and Herbert, I'm sure, would – you know, his press conference and everything like that, he put his hand up and not one of his better games, but a great learning curve for them, the Chargers going forward. Baltimore, on the other hand, uh, did step up. They saw it as a bit of a danger game. They don't like people coming into their house, not that any team does, and almost, you know, not being considered expected to win. Mm. Um, so I, I think from that thing was, yeah, from that aspect, sorry, um, awesome effort by not just Lamar Jackson. Obviously, he leads the team around. They did on both sides of the ball to hold the Chargers with uh, their offense as well to six points is is a feat in themselves. But, you know, I, I want to say, Paige, I just think that with Baltimore, I'm not getting overly excited at the moment with him, uh, with the team. I know Lamar's going well, but, you know, they've played some ordinary teams other than the Chargers last week, which were 4-1 coming in. They've only, you know, they, they lost to the Raiders, I think, first up, and then they played some ordinary teams. So I'm just not overly sold on... That's a fair. That's a how, fair comment. How good they're going? I'll accept that. No pot on Lamar Jackson, and last week they were unbelievable. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind that take. But Corey, how deep can the Ravens go? Marco's just told us he's not quite there at believer level yet. Tell me, this was supposed to be a division that was going to be one of the toughest in the league. Uh, they're a five and one record at the moment. The Ravens season they obviously started with a huge raft of injuries uh not just to start with but as the season went on in the first couple of uh weeks how deep now can the ravens go i think the exciting thing of what we're actually seeing with him we all know his ability to use his legs but i think the thing that we've noticed and he definitely did this against the colts the colts went into that game a couple of weeks ago thinking hang on we've got to stop the run but he then just picked the Colts apart and then I think through for over 400 yards. So, um, look, it's going to be interesting. There's so many teams you can build a case for and the Ravens are definitely going to be one of them. They want to go back to the playoffs and for them, um, I mean, they're going to to find a way to get over that hump and and make it to the Super Bowl. One of the big takeaways I had this week was just the incredible game. He is big. Of the one and only, you know who I'm going to mention, Derek Henry. There's not another running back even in the same universe as Derek Henry at the moment. And in an age where running backs are so incredibly undervalued, D. Henry, as I said, is a law unto his own right now. He's probably the only player in NFL history who seems to absorb contact the way that he does and convert it into energy. This guy is superhuman. He's he's transcending the game at the moment. He carried the ball 20 times on Monday Night Football, 143 yards, three touchdowns, two catches as well. Why is Derrick Henry such a good running back, Marco? Take me through it. Because he's a beast. I mean, we know he's a beast. (laughs) We know that. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Well, I mean, yeah, he is. I mean, he's... What is he? Two forty pounds. He's over six foot. Uh, you know, I was speaking to Corey just before the show started. It was, it's crazy the fend off ability he's got. He, he likes the contact, and, and I like the analogy you use. He, he, he uses the contact to get the energy. And when you when you, when he went for that long seventy five yarder, and you look at it from the side on camera that they had, when once he got through the line of scrimmage, the explosion oh, that he had. Him. He went through three or four blokes before they turned. And obviously, by the time they turned, it was it was to the house. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he's too big. And the problem is when linebacker when he gets into the the secondary and he's got the linebackers and the safeties, it's an unfair fight. You know, it's like a heavyweight boxer. You know, 
challenging a, a lightweight or a middleweight in a lot of instances, and he just believes he's going to run and fend off anyone that comes in his way. Very few people bring him down on the first tackle, don't they? Once oh, he's in motion. You, you can't stop him. When he gets to that, as soon as he even cops contact, I mean, you just know he's going to not only make the first down, but he's just going to go and go and go again. Yeah, I think that's where Dusty, Mar- Dusty Martin in the AFL got the fend off from. from <laughs> well, and, that, and that's the way you've nearly got to approach it. When someone is coming at you like that, you're not going to go their body. You've really got to go his arm. You've got to go after his arm and try and get his arm out the way because he – He's so good good at using his arm as that fender, but it's not only the it's it's not only uses it to to hold you off, but if he's running at you, he's going to use it to push you over. And there's so many times in games of football, we're not talking about little kids. He's pushing over. He's yeah. pushing over guys that are like that two twenty to two sixty pounds and making them look like little kids. Corey, yeah, it's I want to ask you this, and I think it's probably something that maybe, you know, potentially there are listeners out there and go, well, why are running backs so, you know, unloved? There seems to be they're very undervalued. They're very underrated. Um, why in the modern era, Corey, is there not so much love given to the running back position in NFL? I was astounded today. I think on one of the sports shows, I think it might have been on Stephen A. Smith, and they rattled off who was the favourite for the – for the MVP and how the hell that Derrick Henry's name is not in the con- just in the conversation, and, and and it's so weird that everyone agrees in order to make a run at winning a Super Bowl you need a really good running back, but for some unknown reason they just don't get any love when it comes to winning the major awards. But the things that Derrick Henry does, like I'm in awe of, and it's probably over even little things during games where he's just so powerful, but the difference he makes to that team, the longer if I think they it gives the Titans so much confidence that the longer that that game goes on, they know in the third and fourth quarters that the opposition have given their best shot against Derrick Henry. He's going the same pace. It's not as if he gets stronger. He just has an ability to maintain it over four quarters. Yeah. And God help if you if you're playing against him because it's nearly it is impossible to stop. It's really interesting, isn't it? Like the. In terms of undervaluing and uh, running back, it's they obviously have they have shorter careers because they cop so much contact. And it's not just contact; it's brutal yeah. impact straight up. It's very similar to, I guess, what what we would watch here in Australia: rugby league, rugby yeah. union. It's yeah. just that constant into a brick wall. So they deal with that. But for for whatever reason, you know, again, I think Corey, you made a really great point: is that we're talking about offensive players that have such massive impacts on the game. The fact that Derrick Henry isn't even in calculations to talk about an MVP award when he is influencing the game that he is at the rate that he does, it just blows my mind. But very interesting very interesting there on him. But I think, Paige, Derrick Henry would be the one that all the coaches, if they have a coaches award in the NFL, he would be the one that I think from the coaches' point of view would get – more votes than many of the quarterbacks because they're looking at the game and their, their impact on the game and how you're going to stop these guys. So I think the coaches would value him way, way high. Like it, while he doesn't get the the media plaudits, he would off the coaches, they know that they're going into a game. They're going, how the hell are we going to stop this guy? On that, Corey, that, you know, when you look at the business end of the year, you need a quarterback that's going to take you to a Super Bowl. And so when you look at the Titans – and, and you say, well, can the Titans win a Super Bowl? And the answer is probably no because they're saying that Derrick Henry is unlikely to carry you to a Super Bowl and Tannehill won't get the job done. Mm. So in terms of like importance, it still comes back to the top four, six, eight teams in the comp when it comes to the business end are carried on the back of the quarterbacks more so than the running backs. Henry's the exception to Tennessee, but I just think in terms of giving plaudits to someone that – Tennessee probably can't get to the Super Bowl on the back of Henry alone, that Tannehill's going to have to find another gear, which he's maybe not capable of doing. It really poses a very, very interesting theory around does a team then go out and get Henry if he's cap- if they're capable of getting him or do, do Tennessee go out and get a QB they know can get them to a Super Bowl given just, again, we're talking pure ability to win games control games that Henry does. It's a very rare thing. It's uh, We haven't seen a running back in the game like this for quite a long time yep. where you can you can put all your eggs in one basket knowing that 
Derek Henry isn't exactly unstoppable. Well, sorry, sorry, he cannot be stopped. He is someone that is influencing games at such a rate that opposition teams, they don't really defend well against the run game anyway. Yeah. And I think what Tennessee have found now is that they're able to poke holes in the run game defense of oppositions because of what they've got at their disposal. Yeah, I think, yeah, there's a few things. It's like if, if Tennessee are in the game or front running, then they play their style of game mm. and that's to, to, to beat it through the middle, go through Henry and stuff like that. But the problem is if they get down early that – they have to change their game plan. Massively. And, and if they have to score quickly, even though Henry can bust through and score for 75 yards, you know, once once or twice a game if you need to be, but you need to change it on the back of your quarterback throwing the ball long if you oh, need to score course. quickly. So that kind of thing helps. And also Tennessee's defence is not what, say, you know, people will say, well, Baltimore won Super Bowls on the back of their defence. 100% they did. Mm. And they also run it with a run game. That combination works for teams. If they've got the defense, which Tennessee to date don't have it, I think they're ranked in the twenties at the moment. Yep. So, from a scoring point of view, uh, Henry one out just won't be the equation to get you to a Super Bowl win for me. It's very interesting theories, definitely making massive inroads, Derek Henry. But we're going to leave it there for front page news this week, boys. Uh, coming up next, Corey McKernan has a very special guest, Mister Collingwood Premiership <laughs> Captain. Nick Maxwell, massive, massive, (laughs) massive, massive fan of Maxie. He loves his NFL too. So stay tuned for Corey's interview with Nick Maxwell. Well, welcome back to Third and Long. I've actually got one of my favourite people because uh, not only is he a fellow Indianapolis Colt, He's a 2010 Premiership captain. A very warm welcome to my fellow shoe man in Nick Maxwell. How are you going, mate? Good, Corey. How are you, buddy? Good, good. It's uh, It's been a bit of a bumpy ride thus far, but before we get into all, all things indie and the NFL, just give everyone a, a quick, um, how did you end up following the Indianapolis Colts out of all the team in the NFL? How did we land on Indy? Yeah, well, if you if you go back to um, I guess my days as a player, we started going to training camps in Arizona. So um, we did about I think we did seven in eight years or eight and nine years. So um, the first one I was on, I was sitting there with Josh Fraser, and we were actually watching just games. Um, and he's going, mate, you got to pick someone, you got to pick a team because he's a big Miami fan. He is, uh, and yeah, and so I was watching them and trying to work out which team I wanted, and I wanted to take my time, and I didn't want one of the big ones that everyone followed. Um, it was too obvious and we're watching a Monday night game and Peyton Manning just put on an absolute clinic and I was like yeah that, that's a guy I could follow and I could I could root for so um, started following the Colts that was 2006 about four or five rounds in and they ended up winning the uh, the Super Bowl that year so um, it worked out well for me and, and obviously uh, we had we had the, the foundations ready to go again with uh, Andrew Luck and he, he pulled the pin so we've sort of been scrambling ever since. And how funny was it, this is a very funny story that not a lot of people know, that through a mutual friend of ours in Tony Sells, now Tony Sells reached out to me and said, I need you to get a helmet signed by Peyton Manning. So I scrambled high and low and then I actually went to Kyle uh, Kinnett, who you've met, another great Indianapolis Colts fan and a great man that can get us all sorts of packages. I reached out to Kyle. We got a helmet, and in unbeknownst to me, where did that helmet land? By the way, <laughs> it's been in my office at the club for about uh, five years since we went back to Collingwood, and I've got it at home at the moment because uh, we've got a bit of uh, development going on at the footy club. So yeah, I didn't know uh, exactly what was happening or where it was. All Tony just said to me, um, "Who's your favourite? Who's your favourite team or your favourite player?" And I said, "Oh, obviously Peyton. I'm a big Colts fan." And uh, yeah, he, he ended up. You brought it back for me. Quite interesting. Now, the other thing that you you were very fortunate enough to do, and uh, you actually joined us at Super Bowl 50. So just give everyone a bit of an insight in what it was like to actually attend the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was unbelievable. It was uh, always on the the to-do list, the bucket list. And um, I waited, I think it was my first year after uh, I retired. And um, I said to my brother, look, uh, he's an NFL fan. He's a Patriots man. And said, look, uh, I'm keen to go. What do you want to do? You want to come with me? And um, he sort of threw it around. He decided to come. So it was an unreal trip. We went, uh, flew into LA, spent a night in LA. I uh, went and watched the, um, the Lakers game. 
then flew to San Fran and spent yeah, four nights in San Fran for the Super Bowl, which was unreal. Um, and just it's just everyone's buzzing every single day. It's like just unbelievable the way that it all works. And went to the Super Bowl and um, and funnily enough, Peyton actually won the Super Bowl, uh, but he wasn't playing for the Colts, so uh, it was the Broncos game. And then from there went to uh, we went to Vegas for three days. If you're all over, all the way over there, you might as well chip in Vegas for a few days on your way back. And uh, <laughs> yeah, spent spent the next couple of weeks recovering. Exactly. Now on to every all things Indianapolis, uh, one of my favourite uh, topics to talk about. Now, given that you're involved in in uh, in Collingwood and and probably seeing Carson Wentz with the preseason that he'd had hurt his leg, all things considered. How, where do you sit in terms of what sort of a year he's had? Because from my point of view, I don't know whether it's as bad as what people have been making out. Yeah, it's probably a tough one to really analyse at the moment, given he had uh, he's had well, two injuries, really. Uh, so he had the first one with the surgery um, and Quinton Nelson went at the same time. So that obviously hurt um, losing basically your, your best offensive lineman who's, who protects him there. So um, that, that was it's tough to judge him on that. And also he hasn't had all his weapons. Um, so obviously... Ty came back and and yeah. looked look like the old Ty, and then all of a sudden he's gone again. So um, and now Paris Campbell's gone again. So I'm really hoping uh, there's still I'm not sure exactly. You might know how long there is, but um, the trade window's still open for for a little bit at the moment. Mm. Um, the guy I've sort of been hoping we make a play for is it maybe an Alan Robinson from um, from the Bears. He's just he's just been a shadow of himself in terms of uh, the way that's worked with Fields and and Dalton before that. So. Um, he's obviously they put him on the the franchise tag, so they don't rate him high enough to to sign into a long term um, uh, deal. But I think you'd probably get him a lot cheaper now. Uh, I just feel that Pittman needs someone else, and and they said when they drafted Pittman that um, the coach said, "Look, I think he could be the best player in the draft, best wide receiver in the draft," um, which is a big call given Jefferson and Lamb and all these guys went before him. But um, they obviously rate him. He's shown plenty, but he needs some help around him. And now Ty is injured again. And obviously, in his last year, Paris Campbell's probably out for the season uh, after the injury that he caught with his foot. So, um, and, and I rate him as well. It's just unfortunate he's just never out there. So, I think it's got to be the JT show. Obviously, if we're going to go anywhere this year, which is going to be a challenge given where we're falling early in the season, but I'd really love to see um, make a play for an Alan Robinson or someone this year. If not, then maybe make a splash with like a Chris Goblin or someone in free agency next year. Now. An interesting topic, uh, which I know that we will cover on on third and long, and you, again, obviously being involved in a high-level sports team, what did you make of the, from a coaching perspective, about the Bills going for it at the end of the game? The dynamic, just give everyone sort of a bit of an insight because I know you're sitting in the coaching box and and you analyse different decisions in games. Where do you sit with that type of decision in, in, in a game of sport? Yeah, probably the thing that's come into NFL over the last week, two or three years is really that analytics. So they'll actually say you'll see a lot more going for four and one, whereas five years ago that was something that never happened. Um, yeah. Even you look at the charges and they're basically doing it every time, even their own half uh, just about. So <laughs> yeah. they, don't, they don't need to pay their punts or anything. Um, but I think what, that, what their analytics would tell them is the percentage of Josh Allen getting it is X. So they go, all right, well, that percentage is 60% or 70%. So um, we can end the game now or we can risk going into overtime and if if they score a touchdown. And the big thing they also would have been going through their mind is they just couldn't stop Derrick Henry. He was just absolutely eating him up. And um, the fact that Julio was gone meant that AJ Brown was catching everything as well. So, um, look, that would all go into their consideration. But at the same time, they've got, 30 seconds maybe to make that call. Um, I'm yeah. not sure what if you had more timeouts or not, but um, they get the analytics. The coach makes a decision. If if he gets it and they win, then we're all going, oh, he's a genius, how ballsy, how good yeah. was that? But the fact they didn't, then we all go, oh, what was he thinking? So, um, yeah, I mean, they've got their analytics and they take all that information on board. Um, for me, I think it was probably the right call. Like Josh Allen's massive. You see he slipped. Uh, that left foot yep. planted and he slipped. So um, I was actually surprised that he didn't just just run some sort of a wheel route or something to get that extra yard um, rather than trying to sneak through like that. I, I think it's probably easier that way for a massive guy like him. Um, but, yeah, they, you live and die by the sword. And uh, ultimately, they've still been – I mean, I would have thought that would have been one of the favourites before that game, but um, the Titans really got into their uh, – their, um, 
their defense and, and were better than what I thought they were. Now, uh, yeah, and just to, the final one before we go. Now, this is going to very be a very expansive uh, answer. Who's the team to beat? Who do you expect to to be there when the whips are cracking? There's so many cases you can mount at the moment, but who are the ones that are in the conversation? I always probably look at it that we don't really get a, an idea until we get to December and we're getting into that real deep part of the season. But at the moment, who are the ones that you really like and with what they're doing on offense and defense and adding up to the final product? Obviously, Brady and the Bucks, um, which is probably the obvious answer. Um, but I think the Rams are going to be up there as well. I think that they've still got um, a lot of new pieces and obviously Stafford and Cup, that connection's been unbelievable, but he's still got Woods and Van Jefferson and those guys there. So um, I actually think that they're going to be up there. They've got a great defense, which is obviously important. Um, I'm not too sure about the Chiefs, to be honest. I, I just they, their defense isn't great. Um, Mahomes, they're sort of, you've seen the opposition take out a Hill or a Kelsey, and then there's only one of those options to go to. So He's going to have to find something with with Hardman or with Robinson or someone like that. And obviously, Edward Hilaire's out for, for an extended period of time. So the running game is going to fall on a Daryl Williams. So I'm not exactly sure where they're at. I don't, I don't see him in that top tier right at this minute. But if you doubt Patrick Mahomes, you're probably mad. Um, I thought the Bills before the weekend. But uh, again, I probably I didn't see all that game. I get a real understanding of um, how exactly um, Tannehill moved the ball so well against him. So I thought the Bills' defense the week before against Mahomes was unbelievable. So I want to go back and have a look at that. And um, I mean, the Cardinals undefeated. <laughs> and probably the big thing with that is that Kyler actually hasn't had to run. Um, he's, he's been doing it with his arm most of the time. So He's still got that um, that up his sleeve. Where he's, he has had a bit of a sore shoulder, but um, if he gets his feet going, then it just adds another um, a, a whole different uh, sort of different way they can win the game. So the fact he's got Hopkins, the fact that AJ Green, if he can stay healthy, he's been dangerous for him. He's been there for him, and still got Christian Kirk and, and geez, Rondell Moore. He's exciting to watch, isn't he? Uh, him and um, and Tony uh, from the Giants, the way they've come in, all their their quick feet and their little quick quick moves. So. Um, he's only a, a, a six-game veteran, so uh, I think that he's only going to get better as the season goes on. And, and they've obviously got a great defense with with JJ Watt coming in and other guys. So um, if I had to flag plan it, um, I'm not going to do the obvious and say the Bucks just because that's what everyone would expect you to say. I'm going to say the Rams. I just think Stafford going there, and um, it's going to be a pretty cool game this week when he uh, he goes back and plays against Detroit. So. Um, I think that they've got the offense and I think they've got the defense to be able to, to, to make a, a massive um, splash this year. So if the Rams are in it, who are, they, who are they playing in the Super Bowl? Which, by the way, will be, for the second year in a row, someone playing in their home stadium. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, i trying to think who are the best ones. Who did I mention on that side of it? It's, it's not going to be the Colts. I know that much. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I've got no idea. I can you throw a blanket over it. I think that's probably the, that's the strongest side, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, mate. I'm just going to go with the Rams. Um, I'm going to break for my Colts. hope they make a splash, uh, as I said, and try and get a, an Alan Robinson type or someone like that who's a little bit out of favour at their own club. And, um, yeah, hope that we can scrape our way to the top of that division because we're a fair way behind. So I don't think any wild cards will be coming our way. So we're probably going to get up there and knock the Titans off. We won't, but look, on behalf of uh, Third and Long, we know we got a busy day ahead uh, being involved in the empire that is the Collingwood Football Club. But uh, a big thanks for joining us. As everyone can see, Maxi really knows his stuff and in particular uh, our beloved Indianapolis Colts. And, and hopefully, Maxi, we are doing a Super Bowl party in February and hopefully we we might be able to see you there where you can get the, the coach will give you the day off and you can come and join us. So a big thanks for joining us at, this morning on Third and Long. Appreciate it, mate. Thanks for having me. All the best. Well, welcome back. And it's time now for To The House, which is brought to you by topsport.com.au. Family owned and operated for 35 years. Bet with a bookie you can trust. Bet with topsport.com.au. And Marco, take us to the house. Thanks, Corey. Okay, time for To The House, and we need to bring in our man Nick Toprope Tedeschi uh, for this week's uh, games that we're going to have a look at and also to see how he went for last week. So, uh, Nick Toprope Tedeschi, how are you, my friend? 
Uh, yeah, not too bad, not too bad. That's uh, got uh, the impending birth of child number two less than a week away, so uh, <laughs> fairly hectic at the moment, great man. Yes, I know you're normally a pretty calm character, but you sound a man under plenty of pressure at the moment. <laughs> it is coming from all directions, <laughs> all directions. If I can get 10 minutes to myself, it'd be a minor miracle. All right. Uh, did we have a chance to look at this week's games? What was your highlight this week, Top Rope, other than your couple of winners? But uh, what was your highlight, your most exciting game? Uh, last week, uh, <laughs> my, my highlight, which would probably be your low lights, uh, MG was uh, uh, Philly taking the two after coming back from, I think, 28-7 down to uh, to cover the, the flat seven there. So uh, God bless uh, Nick Sirianni there at, uh, at Philadelphia. That was... Uh, that was certainly a, a, a gambling highlight. Uh, from an actual highlight, seeing uh, Aaron Rodgers tell Chicago Bears fans that he owns them yes. was another uh, was another real highlight for me. So, uh, and the um, the John Gruden impact. Uh, you can tell how much the Raiders love John Gruden by how hard they came out <laughs> to play to win on the road against Denver. So. Uh, yeah, a few good things last week, but uh, I, I can't think of a more fascinating storyline than this John Gruden one. And not so much what Gruden did. Like, he had no choice but to go. He was never going to survive that. And we yeah. will never see him again in the NFL in any capacity. What I'm stunned at is I can't wait for the story to come out as to why any of the Gruden emails were released. Now, yeah. what else is in there? So I know the NFL says they're not releasing them, but I, I think there might be a bit more to this story. Yeah, they sound pretty widespread. He's not emailing him to himself, that's for sure. So, um, yeah, ducking and cover at the moment the NFL, and uh, he, he's the only soldier so far to take the hit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if, and he, he can probably consider himself a bit unfortunate because I reckon there could be this could be absolute carnage if, uh, uh, if if those emails get released. We might yeah. see uh, half the NFL out. Yeah, well, maybe you should offer to write his book, Top Rope. That'll give you something to do in uh, <laughs> the new breeding program that you got going up in Orange. <laughs> I'm I'm just flush with time at the moment, kid. That's exactly what I need <laughs> to spend some time with John Gruden. That'll be good to see. All right, we'll have a quick look here uh, as we put up the graphic. We'll just quickly go over the week six uh, wrap where uh, it was a solid week for favourites, actually. ten. We only had 14 games, so it's a bit higher percentage, 10 out of the 14. Eight of those covered the line. Uh, the totals were a bit different. You see there it's a 5-7-2 split. There was two that landed on the total, so they don't count towards the stats. And a very good week again away for the home teams. It was only uh, sorry for the away teams. It was only five out of fourteen home teams, and you can see the uh, the season wrap so far that the favourites are you know the dogs are definitely having the best of it here. Top rope at sixty three percent, and still uh, although they're coming up to parity, I guess at fifty fifty the line and the total, and the home teams are right on fifty percent. What's your take after a, a good sample size of six weeks? The home teams aren't dominating uh, probably as you would expect or in previous years. No, it seems like the the angle here is road favourites, where you probably, but you kind of see this. You saw this bit in league this year as well, where there is a, a fairly notable talent disparity. But you're just playing with a small line. The you know the, the home field advantage probably isn't playing. You know the same impact at once it, it did once upon a time, and and kind of you've seen that a lot in the NBA over the last kind of you know decade as well. The 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 comfort of travel and all that stuff. You're just not copying the same drama. So. Yeah, I'm certainly factoring in home field advantage uh, a, a touch less. Okay. Also, I'm probably more to the point. I'm probably not as as frightened off of road favourites as as perhaps you would be. So, uh, yeah, look, and the new overtime rules are probably a little interesting as well. New overtime's been there for for, for a year and a half now, I think. But uh, two and a half years. But uh, um, you know, the ability to score that touchdown, you're never safe with the three or the three and a half. You used to, you used to be you'd go to overtime, you'd. Uh, You'd be right as rain, but if you're, you, know, you saw it in the, the Dallas Pats game, if you had the Pats plus three and a half, you're, you're pretty filthy on life right now. Yeah, it's good. It's been, I mean, I think it's the. Uh, it's good. It, it's a good rule. Yeah, the overtime rule is good. It, uh, it adds to the excitement, obviously. And I think they said that the uh, this season is the only season that all six weeks we've had an overtime game. So uh, it's uh, very good viewing. And we've seen some absolute belters. And in prime time as well, top rate, we seem to get most of the overtime games when uh, when we've got them in prime time television, which is good. Probably should have had another one uh, with the Bills and Titans there, kid. 
Yeah, let's uh, we'll skip over that. The bookends for the week weren't great, Top Rope. I'll tell you, with a late late uh, late Philly touchdown and also the Bills uh, making. Uh, I didn't have a problem with him going for it. I thought they were a touch unlucky. No, I didn't. Like, it was probably the smart play to go for it, but you know, yeah, it, it, yeah, it was the the, the the analytics play to go for it there. I I, I had no drum with it either, but uh, you know, you, yeah. when it doesn't come off, you do feel a bit flat. Yes. Yes, yeah, some of us did feel a bit flat at the top rope, but anyway. <laughs> solid week six. Uh, we'll just have a quick look at uh, top ropes to the house statistics here. He's now sitting at uh, the season tally 16 and 16 uh, for the Lions and totals. He went three and two in week six. You can see there on the uh, the graphic, he started well with Green Bay. Uh, just very unlucky in the Rams. Uh, Giants to miss out by uh, half a point or one point, depending on how you read it. Uh, wasn't close with the Chargers, but then come home strongly with Arizona. Uh, we tipping them very strong as outsiders there at the plus three and top rope it was a pretty easy watch i'm going to say it was an easy watch with the buffalo tennessee game although it was only three zero at quarter time but uh geez they put the pedal down in the, uh, quarters two and three there to get it pretty easy in the end oh yeah that like it was strange even though it was only three nothing in the first quarter you kind of always felt like the game was was probably heading in the right direction if you know what i mean so i kind of just had that had that field, there was plenty of offense around. Kind of just wasn't quite clicking early on, but uh, yeah, uh, back to that uh, Rams Giants game. Bit unlucky if you missed the total there. Like that, that did did jump forty nine and a half. So yeah. uh, hopefully punters got on late and uh, uh, did get the money there. But uh, um, yeah, the, the the Giants trying all the way to the end uh, and then got a, a late two point conversion to send it uh, to forty nine points. So not ideal for some. Some you get, some you lose there, top rope. It's amazing how close losing, things are. Losing a lot more than I'm getting lately these days. Kid. Yeah, no, you're right, mate. All right, we'll get on. Uh, we've got eight TV games to get through. Big card again. Uh, even though I've only got uh, short and schedule again this week with a lot more team on the buys, but we start again with uh, our Friday match here at uh, 11.20 on ESPN. Top rope here, we've got uh, the Broncos travel to the Browns here. We've got Browns at a three-and-a-half line favourite, a low total of 42 flat. Uh, both teams three and three here, top rope. We've got uh, both teams on losing streaks of two and three, respectively. few injuries for the Browns. Uh, does that make it hard coming off a short week, assessing this game? Yeah, it makes it, makes it you know, nearly impossible, to be honest. Cream uh, uh, Hunt definitely out. Nick Chubb... Uh, didn't play last week. Looks unlikely to play this week. Baker Mayfield says he will play, but suffered a pretty nasty shoulder injury last week as well. So some pretty key players there. Look, I'd, I'd probably rather be with Denver. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, 38-15 on one against the Spirit as a starter uh, throughout his career. So uh, that's a good little nod there. Uh, the uh, Broncos have covered six of their last eight of allowing 30-plus. They bounce back well. Browns covered just two of the last seven as a home favourite. Probably are the better team, but, you know, just a little too much, a little too much of a concern. They weren't great against the Cardinals last week. Yeah, they were pretty soundly beaten. They've covered just three of their last 12 for double-digit home loss, the uh, the Brownies. So uh, taking Denver, but, look, you're really going to wait to see who's playing and who's not to, to be betting terribly in this game. Okay, Paige, what's your thoughts on Denver-Cleveland this week? Look, the Browns have just, they've run into an injury mess at the moment and that's what is a little bit concerning. What was more concerning was that injury to Baker Mayfield, that left shoulder. Again, if I'm a Browns fan, I'm a little bit concerned. Not that Denver should be a worry. Okay, I don't think Denver are going to be someone that are, are going to trouble you too much, whether it's in the air or it's on the ground. Teddy Bridgewater, he's been, a, he's been pretty good this year. He's given his, his receivers a lot to work with. I just I still don't think, though, that Denver are going to be capable of winning this game. I'm still going to take the Browns even, even with a couple of injury concerns. Okay, next match we've got uh, kicks off our Monday 4 a.m. games here. We've got uh, the Chiefs travelling to Tennessee. This game will be a cracker on uh, last week's performance. We've got uh, Chiefs, the away favourite here, top rope, at line of uh, minus 4.5 and, and a very high total of 56.5. We've got both teams uh, off wins and very good offences for both. And Tennessee, obviously, off a shortened week here. Uh, as you mentioned before, they got that great win against Buffalo at home. Uh, can they back it up against the Chiefs? Their schedule's a little tough at the moment. Yeah, look, it, it's, it's, they haven't been any favours by the schedule makers there, the, the, the Titans. 
got to be on the over in this one. That's a big, big total here. But uh, this is the first game I've modelled up where the total uh, has nudged on 60 here. So slight edge to the over. Uh, Titans just a big over team, 27-9 overall, 21-7 over off a win. Uh, 8-1 over as a dog. Uh, the over is 4-0 when Kansas City are off allowing less than 15, 5-1 when they're off a win. Uh, plenty of points in this, huge shootout potential here. Uh, got to be with the over in this one. Okay, Corey, what's your thoughts? The big match, KC v the Titans this week. Isn't this an enormous game? I think it's a it's probably a bigger game for Kansas than Tennessee, even though for both they, they dearly want to pick up the points. The Chiefs, well, they cleaned up their offense a little bit last week, although Patrick Mahone started to find a bit of harmony with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Well, the Titans, well, they're coming off what the, the truck, the human truck, the Kenworth, Derrick Henry. Can they give him the ball enough times and can Ryan Tannehill pull his finger out and do the job? But I don't think so. I think Mahones will out-duel out Tannehill and it should be a great game at 4 a.m. Monday morning. Okay, next match, uh, another 4 a.m. game. This is on ESPN2. We've got uh, Carolina Panthers travel to New York to take on the Giants. Close betting game here. We've got the Panthers, the away favourite at minus 2.5 and, and a very low total of 43 flat. Top rope, we've got two struggling teams here. Uh, Panthers, after a very good start to get to 3-0, have now lost three in a row. And the struggling Giants at 1-5. and five. The, que- the quarterback queries on both teams. How do you see this matchup? Yeah, the real Sam Darnold has really come back to fruition after a couple of good games at the start of his Carolina career. Uh, yeah, I'm going with the under here. The Giants are a huge under team. They've gone under 11 of their last 14. Uh, 11 of their last 14, have loss of 14 plus seven straight at home. Carolina gone under in four straight as a favourite, four straight of allowing 30 plus. Uh, no real idea with the side here. Probably lean towards Carolina as a slight road favourite here, but... Uh, the under is how we're in this game. Okay, Paige, what's your thoughts here? Two struggling sides here. What have you got for me? Carolina Giants. Gee, we haven't been blessed with a good one on TV, have we here? I'll tell you what. Um, it's it's bleak. It's bleak, this one, I feel. Um, potentially things could get bleaker if you're a Giants fan. Uh, they are in a world of pain at the moment. Daniel Jones is still a bit iffy. Barkley's out. You know, they've got an array of receivers that are either on the injury list or about to be put on. They're completely under a cloud. I am not convinced on on the Giants in any matchup at all this year, which is the only reason I'm taking Carolina. I, I don't think Sam Darnold is overly fantastic. I don't think he has that many, you know, weapons in his kit bag, so to speak, that are going to really trouble you. But... In saying that, they've still got a good run game, I think, the Panthers, and that's probably where this game's going to be be won and run. And the Giants, just anything the Giants are at at the moment, I stick my thumb, my, my nose up at it. It's just a bit – smells a bit down there at uh, New York, doesn't it? Okay, the last of our 4 a.m. games on Monday morning. We've got a belter here for you, top rope. We've got the Bengals uh, travelling to Baltimore Ravens. We've got Ravens at home, a pretty strong favourite here, line of six and a half. Mid-range total of 46.5. This is a divisional matchup here, top rope, 4-2 and two via 5-1. and one. Ravens have now won five in a row. How do you see the Burrows v. Jackson matchup? Who you got in this? Yeah, uh, I uh, the uh, the division road underdogs early of the first three quarters of the season was such a positive ROI, so I definitely lean towards the Bengals on that front. But Baltimore have just dominated this division, covered eight of their last nine, nine division games, and they tend to really hold form when their offense is clicking, covered 16 of 21 or scoring 30-plus. Uh, slight lean towards the Ravens here, but the best bet in this one is the under. Under is 22-6 and six when the Bengals are off a win of 14-plus, 17-5 when they are a road dog, 35-16 and 16 when they are uh, scoring 35-plus, scoring 30-plus. So uh, Baltimore, 7-2 and two under off a win, 17-5 under off a lane, 15 or less. So... Uh, Betting the under in this game. Okay, Corey, you've got you seem to be getting the good games this week. Cincinnati at Baltimore. What have you got for us in this divisional matchup? You get the good games, Marco, because when you're six and seven, you get these things. But the Bengals, I reckon the Bengals for me, they've been a bit of the surprise packet of the season thus far. Um, and especially with Joe Burrow. Yeah, for mine, they've 
they've been a bit of a surprise packet. But going into Baltimore, it's probably uh, at the moment no tougher task in in football. And for mine, I think the the Ravens will continue on. Hey, we go from a uh, cracking game to the next one at 7.25 here on 7, mate. We've unfortunately got one of the most lopsided games we've seen this year. Uh, we've got the Texans traveling to the undefeated Cardinals. Cardinals, can you believe it here? Line of minus 18 flat and a lowish total for a big line of 47 flat. This is a definition of a mismatch here, top rope. Uh, Houston have lost five in a row and the Cardinals are 6-0. and Are they any chance of holding the line here, Houston, or will Arizona put up a big number? It's hard, it's hard to make a case here for Houston. It, it, it really is. Uh, yeah, the class that's really standing out this year is how much rookie QBs have struggled against uh, a quarter as an experience here, 6-14 and 14 against the spread this season. Uh, Houston have covered just three of their last 11 against the winning team. Well, they, they showed up and they put in against the Colts last week and they still got blown out. Colts are a far inferior team to the unbeaten Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals have covered six of their last seven off allowing less than 15 and covered four straight. So uh, lean towards the cards, not jumping into a huge number in this one. Uh, yeah, small, small bet Arizona. Gabe Page, you look like you get the lopsided <laughs> games here. <laughs> I don't know. You drew the you drew the odd games. You you picked them, and uh, you've got a shocker here. Uh, Houston travel to Arizona. We've got a line of uh, seventeen and a half in this game. What are your thoughts? Are you going to be brave and tip Houston? <laughs> I'll tell you what. Like uh, this is definitely. I've bought this on myself. I will say. Um, all I can. There's the only thing I care about in this game is watching what JJ what. And DeAndre Hopkins do to Davis Mills. That's all I care about. It is going to be, you could probably slap like a parental advisory warning <laughs> label on this game. It is going to get that, that bad. Oh, it is, oh, look, Houston, I mean, I don't want to, you know, go to town on them, but they're not much chop. We haven't seen them. They've, they've got an array of issues. The, the talent's not quite there. They're not winning games because of it. Um, Davis Mills, well done. He's done pretty well coming in and making the most of his opportunities, I think, so far. But when you've got someone like Kyler Murray at QB, I'm almost kind of getting the feeling right now with him that he loves being pushed back. He loves the scramble. He loves almost like, you know, that kid in high school that are just, you know, make you pressure him so he could show off and do dumb things and then they come off. That is Kyler Murray right now. He just, he loves the pressure. He loves to try and show off and flex and they are doing so many wonderful things, Arizona. If, if, if I'm honest, that line, that's generous. It's generous. It's though. generous. So I think they're going to do damage this week and, and that's, that's something I think I'm going to look at. The second of our 725 games on Monday is Chicago Bears travel down to play Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the defending Super Bowl champs. We've got a very strong favourite again here, top rope. Uh, Brady and his men, a line of minus 13 flat. A lowish total for a big line again of 47 flat, so expecting one-way scoring. Uh, three and three Bears against the five and one uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, Brady v another rookie quarterback, which you said uh, struggling a bit this year. Is it a case of Tampa Bay simply outscore uh, the Bears here? Yeah, I, th- I think so for sure. Look, the confidence on the big line a lot higher in this game here. Uh, look, they've got they, they can obviously score uh, the, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers cover six or seven at home. Four of the last five is a home favourite. Uh, look, that rookie QBs against non rookie QBs six and fourteen against spread. Bears six and thirteen against the spread for loss. Coming just one of the last six as a dog. Uh, I think Tampa Bay have far too much firepower here. I'm not sure where Chicago are scoring there. Uh, they meet the number one run defense in the NFL. The only way they, they could move the ball last week against the Packers was to run it. Uh, I don't think they can rely on Justin Fields to, to get anything going. So I, I think the Bucks and the Bucks do it comfortably. Okay, Corey, what are your thoughts here? We've got the Bears travelling to the defending champs, the Bucks. Uh, is Brady going to march on in this game? Yeah, I think he will, Marco. You can bet that Brady remembers one of his worst losses uh, was in his first season, came at the Bears. And we know Tom Brady has a memory like an elephant, doesn't he? He can get himself up or find any excuse to rip through an overrated Chicago defence at home. Um, look, Justin uh, Justin Fields, he won't get any help at all. Um, and again, I think Tampa Bay at minus 13, I think they are a pretty good bet in that one. 
Okay, the late Monday game here at 11.20 on ESPN is the Indianapolis Colts travel to San Francisco by the Bay to take on the 49ers. We've got a San Francisco home favorite here of minus four flat, and the total is at 44 flat. Top rope, two struggling sides here. Uh, San Francisco off the bye. They had a lot of injuries going into the bye. Uh, meanwhile, the Colts have found a bit of form through both their quarterback, Wentz, and Taylor is marching up and down the field. Are the Colts any chance for an upset against the 49ers? Oh, big chance. If there's one bet you don't want to have, it's the 49ers as a home favourite. 5-23 against the spread as a home favourite in their last 28. Uh, Colts covered seven of the last nine on the road, four of the last five overall. Taylor's playing great football. Wentz is not getting in the way, which is a start, and probably the best because you get with him. So, uh, yeah, I think the uh, the Colts uh, can cover, and I think they can uh, uh, can upset the Niners. Okay, the reason why Paige has chosen the odd games this week is for this matchup especially. Uh, she did not want Corey having it over her. This is the matchup of the Colts v Paige's 49ers, her equal favourite team in the comp with the Dallas Cowboys. Her second team. Her second team. Uh, Corey, it's not your segment. Paige wanted this game to oh, herself. Come on. So, yeah, Paige. piss off with your Colts <laughs> crap, mate. Like, get out of here. This is this is war this week, Marco, I'm telling you. Anytime it's me v Corey McKernan. Yes. Um, be an know. interesting way to hear. Right. Look, give okay, us give us your un, to... give us your unbiased view on this game, Paige. Okay. What do you got All right, for let's, us? Look, Jimmy G's back for the 49ers, so that's I'm probably good. a good thing in terms of steadying the ship. Now, I'm not saying he's a great QB by any stretch of the imagination, but a bit more seniority means that Trey Lance can come on and off and be streamed, and when they're in the red zone, that's probably when they'll call him in to do yep. his thing. Yeah. Um, Couple of injuries as well coming back for the 49ers. Again, I think they've been pretty good historically off the by the 49ers um, under Kyle Shanahan. Think they'll probably try a few new things this week. They've been a little bit stagnant. They started the year well, ran into a couple of problems, but the Colts will provide a couple of issues. I think Carson Wentz really found a groove um, in week uh, five and six. I think he's really started to find himself. And Jonathan Taylor, he's really evolved and, and become an option now for Wentz in the uh, in the offense. So his running game is going to be something that the 49ers are going to have to look at to try and contain. He's been really explosive. But I'm bullish about the 49ers getting back to a winning uh, winning margin here. So I'm, I'm going to take the, the 49ers. Right. It's Come a big on. game for them. They've lost three on the trot before the bye. So... You know, a loss here um, really makes it tough for him going forward. It would be very, very, very tough from here. So if they're going to try and obviously keep pace with yeah. the, uh, the the bigger boys in terms of the Rams and the uh, and the Cardinals in the yeah. NFC they West, it's yeah, they're going to have to win this. But it, it's a very good matchup, and I think Corey's team will probably shit the bed. So I'm looking forward to watching this matchup. I won't be having a bet in it personally, but just the uh, chatter amongst the uh, the WhatsApp group going back and forth during the game. Yeah, watch that, yourself, uh, Corey. That will be uh, entertainment in itself. <laughs> okay, a Tuesday match kicking off at 11.15 on ESPN is the New Orleans Saints travel up to Seattle Seahawks here. Uh, with no Wilson at quarterback here, top rope, it's very surprising the betting that the Saints are dominant away favourites here of minus five at the line and a low total again of 43 flat. Top rope, both sides obviously need the win. With Seattle going to lose Wilson for maybe a month, uh, can they overcome that or will the Saints get the important way win? I think the Saints get the important way win. They're very good as a road favourite, covered 17 of 24 as a road favourite. you got Jameis against uh, Geno Smith here, which is... Uh, a fair mismatch in the quarterback sacks, uh, I would have thought. Uh, the Saints are just good at putting away ordinary size, covered 11 in the last 14 against teams with a losing record as well. So I think the Saints here. Best bet, though, the under. Uh, Seattle just don't have any points in with Geno Smith at quarterback. I'm not sure he's going to be left the leash. He certainly was held on it for a, uh, uh, a good portion of the game until it was almost out of hand last week. Uh the Saints, they've gone 10-2 and two under off a win, 8-2 and two under off a non-cover. Seattle, they've gone 6-0 and under off a loss. So I just don't think there's going to be a lot of points come Monday. Okay, uh, Tuesday morning football, Corey, what have you got here? Saints against uh, Seattle without Wilson. Uh, Seattle, any chance or will Saints get the away win? I think the Saints get, get the away win. Who would have thought that the Saints would come in there with being a, a, a five-point uh, favourite, um, just unbelievable. New Orleans, I'll keep things simple. Alvin Kamara to attack um, Seattle's uh, pretty poor run defence. 
Um, and then, look, I think Jameis Winston will do enough to get them across the line uh, in Monday Night Football. Very good, Corey. Okay, if you like what you've heard, make sure you get a, uh, down to Little Birdie Pod. Uh, click on the icon for Little Birdie Shop. Get all of Top Ropes to the house uh, mail for $22 a week, uh, or you can still buy the season pass. Uh, if you're serious about your NFL punting, uh, make sure you get this information. He goes through every game. Uh, there's plenty of bets options for you, so make sure you click onto the link and uh, get all the late mail from Top Rope. Okay, Top Rope, we just want to cover the futures here for topsport.com.au. We've got a quick look at the Super Bowl prices here. We've got equal favourites at the top, my Buffalo Bills. The defending champs, at, sorry, Buffalo Bills at $6.50. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the defending champs at $6.50. Chiefs on the third line at $8.25. The Inform Rams at $9. Your Baltimore Ravens at $9.50. Then we've got the undefeated Cardinals at $11. The Packers at $12. And Dallas, who are 5-1 and one at the moment at $13. You can see over the page a bit of a gap develops to the Chargers at $19. The injury-depleted Browns at $23. And Tennessee, who beat Buffalo. Buffalo, the equal favourites at $23, and then there's a big jump to the Saints at 38 Top rope, uh, if you're playing one team this week, which one would it be? Yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, massive statement game, I think, last week by the Raiders, uh, by the uh, Ravens. They, they certainly trimmed up accordingly. Uh, probably the right price here. Oh, I think Kansas City, I think I said last week, we're, we're yep. out to a bit of a price. I think they're a very better price at the 825 So if I was yep. having one bet, I think they've got far more upside yep. than the Bills. They've benefited from a pretty soft draw. They, they've got the, had their first real kind of tough schedule, tough tough schedule match uh, Monday Night Football, struggling against Tennessee. So I, yep. I'd, be, I'd rather be with Kansas City than any other than any of the two favourites. Well, each week our panel of four will be granted $100 to invest and it's sponsored by topsport.com.au. Topsport is Australia's biggest betting bookie, bet where the pros get set. And all the profits are we donate to my platform called Walk With Me Online, where we help people out with their physical and mental fitness. And Marco, read them out and read them out about the winners. Thanks, Corey. Okay, we'll go to the graphic here just to uh, go through the results. We have the, we better check week six results. We want to see the big man. He's up and about. Uh, we can see there, unfortunately, that uh, Nick Toprope uh, missed out on the charges. They got heavily defeated, actually. Corey covered his line with his Colts, so he got double happiness there. Uh, unfortunately, I missed out on the over total. And Paige, back and forth. She broke her phone in the uh, in the meantime. <laughs> But uh, got the touchdown That's and got true. out with the win. So uh, it was a great effort by uh, her Cowboys, I guess. I tell you what, every week I come in here, it's always the same. <laughs> well, I don't know. Strange for a 49ers fan to be Cowboys as well. But anyway, we'll, yeah, well, go with, you know. we'll just go quickly to the overall results. Uh, we had to put this in as a new graphic uh, on Corey's request, clearly. Uh, so we've got the, the big man up there on top. He wanted his name first as well, 6-0. and oh. So you can just see beside it uh, the money raised so far for uh, Corey's platform there. You can see Nick and Paige on three and uh, three. What and are you doing, I'm, mate? I'm bringing up the rear. Well, I've had a couple of little tough beats, but, I, you know, I'm working What's on my game. On there? I'm, I'm, you know, we'll see if we can kick it off this week. But uh, you can see the total raise there just over $1,200. So Very what are effort. we, about a third of the way through the season. So hopefully we can get that up at least into the 4000s by the end of the season. Okay, time for week seven tips here, ladies and gentlemen. So we will go to Corey first, 6-0, and o, going for 7-0. and o. What have you got for your legion of punters? <laughs> <laughs> My legion of punters. No, I went to Raiders <laughs> minus three at the line. So, yeah, I'm hoping that uh, Las Vegas do the right thing and we and we we go to seven and zip. Okay, Paige. Come on, you're on a roll of one here. Let's go. Can no, we make, it, make two it, it two in a row? What have you got we're here? We're going to make it two in a row. I am taking Arizona at the uh, minus 17 and a half line. That is generous. This is going to be nasty. Okay. R18. Put a, put a parental advisory on She's that game. Page is looking for a smashing. Okay, uh, just to uh, quickly update, Top Rope's going to go the Tampa Bay Bucks minus 13 flat at the line. And myself, I'm going to actually tip my own team like Corey did last week, had a bit of faith in the Colts. I am going to go New England Patriots at the minus seven flat at the line there. So hopefully I can start catching up on, uh, I feel like I'm last in the division 
here and I've got to just get a win on the board to keep touch with uh, with at least Page and Top Rope. So we'll look forward to those. So follow those punts and hopefully we can go for 4-0 four and o this week. Boys, we've got some end-of-season Super Bowl party tickets to give away to Little Birdie TV uh, and third and long uh, end-of-season party. Super Bowl day, of course, you guys know it. Now, I have to say I've been a little bit lazy, you know, kind of juggling, supporting the Cowboys and the 49ers and, you know, winning. Winning's been pretty good too, I must say. So it means I haven't gotten back to some people regarding who has won these awesome tickets uh, on Twitter. But I promise you it's going to be done. I will reach out to you guys through a DM on Twitter. But for this week, Friday, 11.20 a.m., we've got the incredible must-watch mouth-watering clash between Denver and Cleveland. And uh, let me tell you, Thursday night, tweets going out. We're going to ask you who is going to win and by how much. All you've got to do is tell us the winner and the margin and the closest to it will win a ticket for themselves and a mate to come party with us on Super Bowl Day Little Birdie TV, thanks to topsport.com.au. Well, thanks, Paige. I hope you enjoyed the show. Big thanks to the third and long crew. You can follow us on YouTube or find us in the Apple Store, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you find your podcast. Remember to follow Little Birdie TV, third and long TV on Twitter and Instagram. And remember, for all your NFL action, it can be found at topsport.com.au and invest wisely, punters, and enjoy your week seven. Mm-hmm.